And welcome to TC Live at the Miami Open, our show to get you caught up on all the big stories and highlights. Going down at the Hard Rock under the lights, the new women's number one goes for more history, while the men's top spot could change hands yet again. A lot to get to on the show as we welcome you into our studios in Santa Monica, California. Steve Weissman back alongside Chanda Rubin. We got the Hall of Famer Andy Roddick as well. A lot of upsets early on the women's side. We just saw that great Paula Bedosa match. Six of the final eight, Chanda. They are seeded players, and one of the non-seeds is someone who was ranked number one in the world before. Yeah, Naomi Osaka, who's really finding her form again, played a terrific match against Ali Risk. And, of course, you know, we see some of the usual suspects that you mentioned, but it's also impressive the way Iga Fiantek has been playing at number one in the world, knowing she's going to be number one uh, when the new rankings come out, but has still played relaxed, aggressive tennis. It's been a fantastic tournament, and these are going to be some blockbuster matchups. Andy, we've seen some yeah. great stuff on both sides. Yeah, I mean, tennis is just better when Naomi Osaka is in the conversation and playing well. And I'll be fascinated to see if the draw gods uh, grant us a matchup down the road with Sviatek, Osaka, Bedosa has a chance to be number two in the world. It was awkward the first couple of days when all the seeds were going down. But the cream is rising to the top now, Steve. It's going to be an exciting finish in Miami. Yeah, I can't wait. Let's show you how we got here. The quarterfinals on the women's side determined on Monday. Naomi Osaka looking to get back to the final eight in Miami. Uh, back then, last year, she was ranked number two in the world. Had won 23 matches in a row. Now trying to get three straight for the second time in a year, Chanda, taking on Allie Riss. Yeah, and this was Naomi Osaka. Pretty close to her best at times. Lethal from the ground. And once she got that early break, she was able to relax even more. Kept hitting out on her shots and just had more weapons from the ground than Risk, who was trying to get Osaka off balance, stretched out at times, but just couldn't manage it often enough. And that little angle, that's when you know Osaka is feeling it. When she's hitting with depth and pace, but she's also able to change the direction. The serve came too big and made this a very clean two-set match. Had seven aces, 40 winners overall, and then made her way to the Tennis Channel desk. I learned a lot in Indian Wells over what happened, so I just, I don't know. I want to play every point and have fun while doing it. Um, and I actually wasn't that comfortable. Her uh, shots were really good, and she was moving really well, so... Um, I thought that I just had to, like, kind of dig it, dig through it or something. Seems in really good spirits as well. Meantime, Iga Sviantek trying to join Serena Williams, Martina Hingis, and our own Caroline Wozniacki as the only women to win three straight 1,000-level events. Take it on Coco Golf, Andy. And we don't talk about Sviantek as a mover enough. We give her credit for sliding well and moving well in play. She's a different animal now, Steve. Her athleticism is really standing out. And the greatest players in the world constantly make you have to game plan in such an aggressive manner that it's kind of outside of your comfort zone. She made Coco hit those forehands nonstop today. Coco knew that she had to go after him, and too many of them resulted in errors like you just saw there. Sviatek is rolling. She's making people play good points time after time after time. She might win this one too, Steve. She might. I mean, 23 wins this year. That leads the WTA. 14 in a row. That's a career high. 
and making straight set works of Coco Golf right there. What impressed you the most, Chanda? I mean, just the way she's played with just that additional pressure. I mean, this is a completely, you know, unknown, uh, uncharted territory for Iga Sviantek, knowing she's going to be one in the world, kind of having all eyes on her, a bit of a target on her back, and then playing a player who's slightly younger that, you know, she's got even more pressure in terms of expectation. And she just handled it so beautifully, went out the first Six or so games was a little bit scratchy. She had a lot of break points, but she kind of weathered the storm, Sviantek did, and just allowed her game to open up. And I think a big result for her was the Australia Open um, this year, where those courts were a little bit quick. She wasn't quite as comfortable, but she worked it out, got to the semifinals. And now it just feels like she can do anything on multiple surfaces and making these transitions in a fantastic way. It's been impressive stuff. Andy, between Osaka and Sviantek, who has stood out most in Miami so far to you? I think Sviatek has been been head and shoulders above everyone else. I mean, Osaka's still trying to find her footing. You know, we can't kind of delete the last year uh, of tennis. You're, you know, you're ranking, uh, you know, you are what your ranking says you are, right? And Osaka's not in the top 70 right now. Sviatek's number one in the world. She's playing so well, Steve, that I'm watching her match today, and any point she loses, it's like she's instantly disappointed. And not in an arrogant way. It's just her expectation level is so high. She's not making random errors. And she's making the rest of us players look dumb because she just says, hey, I'm going to be more aggressive. And it's almost like she just spoke it into existence. That's normally a, a, an adjustment that takes time. She's doing it right away and doing it incredibly well. She can join Steffi Groff, Kim Kleisters, Victoria Azarenka as the only women to complete the Sunshine Double into the quarterfinals. And we go from the top-ranked woman to the top-ranked American. How about Danielle Collins up to a career-high number eight in the live rankings, back where she made her first WTA semifinal, taking on all Jabir, Chanda. And early, Danielle Collins kind of took some of the weapons away from Jabir. That drop shot did not work there, getting up to it very quickly and and using her bread and butter shot, the backhand, that time the forehand uh, doing the damage. Once she got that first set, the second was still a bit of a battle. But Collins has been so good when she's had to get down and compete. We don't see as much of the outward fire from her, but it is all internal. In this match, she just controlled herself beautifully throughout. Another excellent win for Danielle Collins. A little bit under the radar here. Absolutely. Only lost 13 points on serve. Meantime, Petra Kvitova. Chanda, she was down four love, love 40 in the second set against Veronica Kudermatova. But as you tell me, there's always a chance. Always a chance, Steve. You never give up. You keep fighting. And Petra Kvitova is playing some inspired tennis right now. Was able to come through, come back, take that second set, win in straight sets. Her biggest quarterfinal since Cincinnati last year. She will take on Iga Sviantek as we take a look at the final eight in Miami. Some incredible matchups. The artist formerly known as Daria Gavalova making her first 1,000-level quarterfinal since 2017. She is the only other unseated player other than Naomi Osaka. But, Andy, I want to give Danielle Collins some more love here. One of, as Chanda said, the most under-the-radar top ten, top eight players in the world right now. What does she need to do to beat Naomi Osaka? Well, she, she needs to remember that she's the informed player. She's the one who's, who's made a Grand Slam final most recently. And, listen, she's not going to kind of back down because Osaka is this global phenomenon, right? Danielle Collins is going to get in there. She's going to yell and scream. She's going to play big tennis, and she's going to compete. You know, she's not going to kind of give the deferential treatment to Osaka because of her star power. Uh, Danielle Collins did not make the finals of the Australian Open uh, by accident. She hasn't played since then, so we've kind of 
forgotten about her in the conversation, and she's right back to it in Miami. That's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, I think, you know, she kind of is announcing herself as certainly that win against Shabert, who can be a tricky opponent for a lot of players. And Danielle Collins just took the game to Jabir, and she is playing such confident tennis. I mean, it's it's deep-seated where she didn't she doesn't need a lot of matches, uh, but the fact that she's been winning so often when she has stepped out on court, it's kind of put her at another level. And I think the fact that she can go out and compete from the first ball, she's not going to allow Osaka to create a large lead. It's going to keep the match tight, keep some pressure in it where anything can happen. So she can definitely go toe-to-toe from the ground, but her ability to compete is one of her biggest weapons. She said today, I've had some of my best results after coming back from injuries or having a little bit of time off. I try to tell myself that when I'm feeling a little off or rusty. The Danimal is out in force in Miami right now. A lot still to get to on the show. We go behind the scenes at the Oscars with Venus and Serena. But first, how Daniil Medvedev can get back to number one in the world and why the American men are reaching new heights in Miami. Chad Steve back on TC Live. Take a look at this. Four American men in action on Monday, all at a career high, all 24 years old or younger, all with winning records at Masters 1000 events. The future is bright for the stars and stripes. Uh, well, after Jensen Brooksby beat the 18 seed Nicholas Basilashvili, the USGA put out a tweet calling it an upset. Andy, Marty Fish, they said, no, sir. And Brooksby was actually the betting favorite against higher seed Roberto Bautista Agut Monday, Andy. Yeah, right. Not, not because you beat a seed doesn't mean that it's an upset seed. Brooksby's proven he's on the way up. But for a counterpuncher, his ability to bleed you down the line like he just showed, showed there against uh, Batista Agu uh, is something he's really good at. Does it again there. Is able to control that line ball uh, over and over and over with a lot of margin. And for a young player, when they're down 4 0 in the third after losing the second set, you're, gonna, you're saying, what are they going to give me? How am I going to kind of go out? Am I going to compete to the last ball, especially against a feisty competitor like? RBA. This is a great passing shot. And all of a sudden, Batista Agut's going, this guy is not going away. Starts making him a little nervous. It's hard to close out matches on the ATP Tour, Steve. Opens up the court wide and then bleeds him up the line again. He's really good at that. Better than most counter punchers at taking the ball off the line. Novak Djokovic is a guy that you might have heard of. Uh, controls the ball off the line very well with margin. This is a hell of a win for Brooksby. RBA is a tough out. This kid is for real. Delayed bagel to finish. Talked about that comeback at the Tennis Channel desk. I really turned it around. My energy got higher. I was much more physical and just, you know, kept the kept it going throughout the set. And, you know, it's naturally to feel more nerves, I think, too, once it gets kind of tied. But I, yeah. I kept with it. I stayed loose. And, um, yeah, I just competed every point. I went my way. Feel the sponsors on the sleeve as well. He's getting paid these days. Uh, the Sunshine Delta still alive for Taylor Fritz, playing his good friend Tommy Paul Chanda. Uh, and Taylor Fritz has just become so clutch when sets and matches are on the line. And again, in the tie break in the first set, just buckled down, played such confident tennis, a little more aggressive when he needed to be, and then moving Tommy Paul around the court there. I mean, you get to this space, and Andy, you know it well, where you are so used to winning, you just forget how to lose. And that's the feeling you get from Fritz right now. He's using his serve as a huge weapon. And getting through this match in straight sets was a very nice win for him against a familiar foe, but never easy. 
Said his body's still feeling it, but doesn't want to be satisfied with that Indian Wells title. How about Seb Korda? Made the quarterfinals last year in Miami, but Misha Ketsmanovich, Andy, has been one of the hottest players on tour. Quarters at Indian Wells, two top ten wins in his last four matches. Yeah, it's completely turned it around. Convinced a guy named David Nelbanian, one of the guys I used to play against, to coach him, and you're seeing the payoff here. Uh, attacking lines, really going after Porta. Porta had no easy points today. Only won about 60% of, of his first serve points. So, Kikmanovic's really making someone work every single time. And that becomes exhausting at the end of the day. Able to turn that forehand, take it to the forehand side. You see how intense he is. This kid has confidence in a bottle right now. Uh, I know Sebastian will be a little bit disappointed. Got to get back to the drawing board on that serve. So Sebi doesn't get to move on, but we got three young Americans into the round of 16 in Miami. You got Fritz, you got Tiafo, and you got Brooksby. Chand, I want to get back to Jensen Brooksby because he had that incident in the last round where he hit the ball person in the back with the racket, was able to get through that. And then today, the third set, down four love. What, what impressed you about the way he was able to come back against a guy like Roberto Bautista Gu? Well, that's exactly what was so impressive against a veteran player who it's not easy to break down uh, from the back of the court and you're not going to get easy points, but that's where Jensen Brooksby has been at his best when you know he's had to put players in uncomfortable positions and I don't know what it's going to take for you guys to call this an upset. I mean, he <laughs> beat a seeded player that was ranked higher. He came back from being down four love in the third set an upset all the way around, especially uh, when you consider who he was playing against. So it's impressive stuff from Brooksby, the way he's managing his emotions now, staying calm, playing a real veteran brand of tennis in these tough moments, and it's another good sign in terms of his overall game. Andy, not according to you and not according to DraftKings. I mean, Brooksby was the favorite in the last match. You know who I trust more than any of us three with, with favorites and the whole deal? Vegas. They liked <laughs> Brooksby in this matchup, but Listen, odds aside, you know, Brooksby hits the ball kind of flat through the court, likes to get into long rallies. RBA, the same thing. RBA is a, is, is a proven entity, right? The guy's made the semis of Wimbledon, has been a top 10, top 15, top 20 guy for five, six, seven, eight years now. And Brooksby beat him at his own game. And to come back against a guy who ha has paid for his entire life with just wearing people down, to come back from 4-0 in the third against a guy like RBA – is a real sign. People know that Brooksby is not going to be an easy out. That's intimidating in its own way. Andy, you're so right. I, I, he's had some big-time wins. He's beaten Sitsipas, all that stuff. This was a statement win against a guy like Roberto Bautista Agut for Jensen Brooksby. Well, Daniil Medvedev, if he wants to get back to number one in all the land, he's got to reach the semifinals in Miami. Uh, he would need to beat Pedro Martinez to reach the fourth round, Chanda. Yeah, and you know Medvedev is another guy who we're not talking a lot about yet. Obviously, a chance to get back to one in the world. has already been there. But he just played his style of tennis, understands, is so comfortable uh, playing within that space in matches. And he just did everything better than his opponent, a guy who was comfortable, Martinez, at the back of the court. But that is a tough way to try to get through Danil Medvedev, and it would not work today. Backhand is always the bread-and-butter shot, and he got that going. He was able to break three times over the course of the match, and just a comfortable uh, win in the very end. Wasn't the easiest up he had to break down Martinez, but he was able to do that pretty comfortably. Two more wins, and Daniil Medvedev is back to the top spot in the world. How about the defending champion, Hubert Hurkacz, the only former men's champ left in the draw, Andy, taking on Aslan Karatsev. 
And cross up props to him for making him work, getting through the second set. You can see Huey kind of playing one of those 40 love drop shots. I don't know that anybody played that at Deucey, but Herkotch has a thumper of a serve, returns well. Once he gets control of the point, he rarely has to go. He likes it here in Miami, but title defense is still in play. Eighth straight win in Miami, 24 aces for Hubie Herkotch. He gets the win. Stefano Tsitsipas now a perfect 8-0 against Alex Dimonor. He gets Carlos Alcaraz next. That rematch from the U.S. Open as the round of 16 is all set in Miami. Some good matchups there. Tiafo, great chance against Sarundalo. Can't wait for Kyrgios and Yannick Sinner. Uh, from what you see there, who is your favorite to take home the title? I mean, it, it's, so, it's so tough to call. I mean, you look at, you know, how well Fritz has been playing and you think, okay, can he pull off the sunshine double? Certainly Medvedev, you know, looking to get back to one in the world. I think uh, he would be the heavy favorite just on paper and in terms of the court and, and how the speed, how things are playing. Um, you know, but you could see maybe Brooksby or somebody looking to upset um, that script, and that's who Medvedev has to get through in this next round. So that'll be an interesting match to kind of see mm. just how uh, Daniil Medvedev handles it. I think he will get through that one, but Brooksby has kind of pulled out a few surprises here already. What do you think, Andy? Yeah, well, Brooksby's going to have to pay the leg tax for the time he put in uh, with, with RBA today, and Medvedev's no easy out. There's going to be a lot of long rallies. Someone who I think is ready to win now is Carlos Alcaraz. And I know he had Tsitsipas. I'm curious what Vegas has to say about those odds, Chanda, because on paper, Tsitsipas, three seed, has been top five in the world. I think they might come with Alcaraz. I don't know, but call. this kid is ready. This kid's ready to win right now. I like it. As I, Steve was, would say. I, I'm never going to bet against you, Andy. And certainly I thought in Indian Wells, Alcarez was right there. So I certainly could see him learning from that and, you know, kind of moving through and, and taking advantage of the form he's been in. So I like it. That's a good pick. Don't forget about Nick Kyrgios, though. Nick Kyrgios, ah, sneaky right, in there. Steve. Oh, man. <laughs> There's a lot of options to choose from. There are. And, and Andy, it's right now. <laughs> After a break, that's where we're going to. Uh, Serena, Venus, they picked up another award. It was a wild night at the Oscars. We will take you behind the scenes next. Roderick Rubin Weissman back with UTC Live on this day, March 28, 2004. First ever meeting between Rafa Nadal and Roger Federer in Miami. Rafa just 17 years old. He was ranked 34, Andy. He got the win against the world number one. What do you remember? I remember waking up the next morning. I'm like, wait, wait, Roger lost? He doesn't lose. We're talking 2004 here. This is not losing time for him. That kid beat him? Who is this guy? And, I, I mean, what? Now, listen, there was a lot of hype after that win. You know, he didn't accomplish much after that besides 21 slams. But this is a fun memory anyways. <laughs> That's wild. 18 years ago on Friday, they had met 40 times. By the way, Federer won the last one, Wimbledon 2019. Uh, in the social net, got to get your thoughts on this, Chanda. The, uh, the pre-match coin toss routine, Coco Golf, Iga Sviantek. This is a lot going on right here, and it's like this is where the competition is. It's not actually going to be once they serve. It is here. Who can win for the most movement, being the most ready during the coin toss? And, and the poor umpire. I mean, where does she focus? <laughs> I mean, this, this looks like this will be like an SNL skit next week. Like, I can see both, everyone so just good. doing whatever they do. Like, do you think the umpire just looks over, all right, calm down. You're going to do this many times in your career. Let's not, let's 
<laughs> Let's not lose it before we start. That's intense. I don't know where to look. It's all very confusing. Yeah. These are overachievers, okay? I mean, right off the bat, you can see it, and it's on full display. It's just heads or tails. <laughs> just heads or tails. Uh, let's take you back to the Oscars last night. How about Venus Williams getting ready? Academy Awards. A little selfie action at Al Pacino in the back. Jennifer Gardner as well. All the stars were out, but the biggest stars, Venus and Serena Chanda. Yeah, I mean, I just love seeing the two of them on the red carpet looking absolutely stunning and just owning their space, their story. I mean, that's what this night was a celebration of for so many of us um, that have watched their careers. And Venus's face during... During was this on Instagram? Yeah, See, that was her Instagram I, I rely story, yeah. on you to let me know what, what all <laughs> this is, but I just love watching her face and how expressive she was and the joy she was having uh, in this night. Yeah, and, and listen, I, I, I'm just glad there was nothing that took the tension away from their <laughs> incredible story. Um, it was a weird, it was a weird night, but uh, I am, like I said last night, I'm so happy that their story got told responsibly. I am so happy that their finally getting the, their due for what they did for tennis, for what they did uh, for culture. Uh, they're, they're amazing women, and I'm happy they had their moment last night. And so Will Smith did win Best Actor for King Richard. The Tennis Podcast uh, put this tweet out. Uh, and then some other things happened. I, I was watching both of you on TC Live last night on the couch, and then I started reading on Twitter uh, some other things happening, like Will Smith slapping Chris Rock in, in the face. And then I turned to the other channel, Chanda, but... Uh, I heard that, Steve. I can't believe you turned away from us. <laughs> it, that was not that interesting. I, I'm just hurt right now. I, I apologize. Yeah, there, there, were, there were two things that happened. On a commercial break, Chanda goes, wait, I think Will Smith just just slapped Chris Rock. I'm like, he didn't just slap Chris Rock. And then to get to the, the, the audio there where they didn't kind of bleep everything out and censor it, I sent her and Chanda the Japanese feed right after the... Uh, Right after the show was over, I go, we got to know what they actually said. <laughs> the Japanese feed and the Australian feed. Thank goodness for them. Uh, they, they let us know what happened. Speaking of great acting performances, not sure if this won an award or not, but let's take you back to one of Andy's great roles. Watch this. Andy oh, my God, this is the worst better. thing I've ever seen, Whoa. Steve. This isn't Wimbledon. This is so Who bad. Are you? Uh, let's put it this oh, way. I'm let me hear it. Sabrina's <laughs> Big fan. Nice to meet you, Sabrina. What can I do for you? Oh, Teach me Lord. everything you know about tennis so I can be as good as my boyfriend. I hit the ball well, Sabrina. Now you just have to learn how to hit it in the court. Now you tell me. <laughs> And this is classic. For what? That was a great shot. You could Never see apologize the for hitting a winner. You know, you have a lot Andy. of potential. The thing you need to work on the is being more competitive. That's the only way you're going to win. Yeah, totally. <laughs> the hat? I mean, the, the whole thing. It was pure magic. Uh, uh. Andy, how many takes was that? What, what do you remember about that? Not enough. Um, <laughs> it, it, wasn't, it wasn't enough takes. Um, Steve, I, I'm sweating right now. I don't I don't get embarrassed I don't get embarrassed by much. Like I I'm really I can kinda of roll, you know. This is mortifying to me. This was so bad. I Look at love that. it. That's I love it. I love it like, so I, much. I, could, I, I couldn't even duck without it looking fake, Steve. <laughs> so how did she really hit though? How how was the tennis? I would love 
I would I would love it if if uh, we talked about anything else. <laughs> anything. This was classic. Absolutely. Sabrina the Teenage Witch, oh, uh, Melissa Joanart, Andy Roddick. I hope it won an Emmy. I don't know if it did, but let's let's just keep bringing it back. I got screwed. <laughs> I didn't win anything. Welcome back. I hope you have a comfy couch because uh, take a look at this hot shot, Collins. Jabir, just sit back and admire Chanda. Yeah, that's just a little flick of the wrist, the timing, just slapping at it. Effortless power from Jabir. And you knew she had to at least have one of the hot shots, even though she lost that match. Look at our lineup that we have. Coverage begins 11 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday, and these are just blockbusters, one after the other. Medvedev, Brooksby, you got Osaka, Collins, Sitsipas, Alcaraz, uh, Chanda. What are you looking forward to? I mean, there's, there's so much, and I know there's still matches left off of that for you, Steve. But I mean, Kyrio Center, not I even mean, on the board. That's how things happen. I mean, there's just too, too many to list here, but I would definitely am going to be looking at Osaka and Collins. That is going to be a fantastic matchup, and I don't want to steal all of them, but Sitsipas Alcaraz, that'll be a fun one, too. That is a good one. And, yeah. Andy, take, take your pick of a couple. I, I want to see how Brooksby pulls up, right? When you have a day off in between – Pretty much, you can pretty much delete any fatigue, right, from a, from a match that was two days ago. But coming off of what he did against RBA during the Sunday day and being asked the question again uh, with Medvedev. And also, I think we're going to see maybe the difference between uh, where Brooksby is currently, which is super impressive. The way he's improving is amazing. But where he also needs to be, right, where, where Medvedev has the, the weapons and uh, he's kind of started off as a counterpuncher. Now he can play more aggressively. Uh, serve was okay, and now Medvedev serves 135 uh, to the corner. So I- I'm going to be fascinated to see how they kind of match up and how the how the rallies kind of kind of build out between those two. What do you think of that matchup? Oh, I-, I think it'll be fun. It'd be another real test for Jensen Brooksby in terms of that style. Mm-hmm. Medvedev so solid. I mean, he's not going to get sort of you know upset by some of the little trickiness that uh, Brooksby can throw out there. So it'll be a good test for him, and it's a match that every young player needs as they progress. All right, it is a Blockbuster Tuesday on Tennis Channel. Coverage begins 11 a.m. Eastern. For Andy, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Chanda, I'm Steve. Thanks for joining (laughs) us on TC Live. Our coverage of the Miami Open continues right now.